everyone. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Samanda Rochefort, video editor at Pixelkin.org. I am joined today by, as usual, Christina Warren, senior tech correspondent at Mashable. And we have a very special guest, our second guest ever, Serenity Caldwell, managing editor at iMore. And we are so excited to have you on the show, replacing our dearly departed Brianna Wu, who will be traveling for 10 years. She'll be traveling for a long time. Yeah, she suffers greatly, but you, you'll just have to fill her, her very large shoes. Yes, I'm, I'm not uh, excited about the prospect of filling Brianna's shoes, but I am really psyched to be here. Yay. I love this show. The show Yay. is great. So over at iMore, besides, besides being managing editor, you guys just launched two ebooks um, that covering uh, Renee Ritchie's enormous review of iOS 9 and the Watch OS 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, with some FAQ thrown in and our favorite features, and then also an Apple Music book, which we released last month. Ooh. And so far, it's been it's been really great, the response from, uh, from both our regular readers who want to support us in a way that's not necessarily ad-and-click-based, mm-hmm. um, but also people who have never heard of iMore who are like, this book is perfect for my mother, which I, I always secretly love hearing that. Because any <laughs> anytime you get a mother to read an ebook, I feel like is a personal check in the wind column. Oh heck definitely. Yeah. Especially about tech stuff. Oh my god, when my, yep. when iOS nine came out, my mom was texting me of like all the things she was super excited about. She sent me like a list. I think I don't I think it was from Mac Rumors, but she sent me this big <laughs> list of like, here's all the new updates. And she was like, Where'd you get that emoji? And I was like, Oh god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was great. She's usually she's very, very very tech savvy. I, I should point her in the direction of your your books. What does the Apple Music one cover? Uh, the Apple Music one covers basically everything. Um, it's a giant primer on how to use Apple Music, troubleshooting Apple Music, how to use the new iTunes uh, app on the Mac, how to use the new music app in iOS. So if basically you have any questions about music as it regards to Apple's new music service or Apple's products that are related to music, this book is is basically our compendium of knowledge yes yes it's it's textbook size yes i i'm it's it's 340 pages in print i think in theory oh my god the apple music book is that long yeah it's a it's a lot of i mean it's over it's over 80 how-to articles plus our plus our fact plus uh plus other stuff i can't even remember what basically just wrote the manual yes (laughs) that's amazing there wasn't a manual, so it, it, it worked even better. It was like, oh, well, Apple, you're not going to write this stuff? Okay, well, I guess we will. <laughs> that is so awesome. And you're also doing uh, Incomparable Radio Theater, which just started? Yes, yes. So Can you talk um, a about that? Because that's super exciting to me. Yeah, so I used to do radio plays in college, and a couple years back, uh, my buddy and former co-worker Jason Snell runs a podcast called The Incomparable, which is about a bunch of different geeky things. Mm-hmm. A couple years back, we're like, for an April Fool's, let's do a radio play because we have people, you know, I directed and managed those before, and Jason is pretty good at producing them, and we had uh, David Lohr, who used to be a fan of The Incomparable, who sort of jumped on and was like, I could write you guys a script if you <laughs> want to do something like this. So we did the April Fool's hour-long special, and it exploded, and people loved it, and we did one more, I think, the following Christmas, and, and now... Uh, on Monday, we released the first of our, I think we're going to do 12 episodes, our first <gasps> season. Uh, so it's uh, 20, 20 to 30 minute plays uh, each podcast episode. Oh, that is like so the cool. Thrilling Adventure Hour or uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Our hope is that you will like these. And they're mm-hmm. also filled with geeky references 
aplomb. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, ki- it's kind of ridiculous. Mo- Moises Chilion awesome. plays um plays a very thinly veiled con in the first episode, <laughs> uh, and does so uh, very very well. It's kind of terrifying. Are they being? I, I miss. Are they being written as you go along, or is it all like set in stone and you're producing and putting them out now? Um, the, we have, I believe, nine out of the twelve written. So we have nice. the the first half of our season. We're working on the back half now, um, and it's just a matter of finishing up some of the post production and getting a few extra miscellaneous voices. We've got a couple sponsors, so we're we have faux sponsor reads, but we also have a couple of real sponsors that we've written skits for. Um, so it's about uh, we're working on that right now. There's a good there's a good Orson Welles uh, callback in I think the first episode. That, um, in that regard so that is super exciting that's fantastic Lead an exciting life just like <laughs> brianna Wu, who we are replacing so i think it's appropriate cool do we have anything else we want to yammer about before we get into the main topic of the week no mm. yammering <laughs> the music video we all just watched <laughs> i was gonna say we probably should mention that we should. So, so we just watched the music video uh, before the show for uh, "Girls Like Girls" by uh, Haley um, Kiyoko, and uh, it's um, awesome. Yeah, understatement of the year. It's a really, really good music video. Um, and then the, the, the reference for our show, uh, well, a couple things. A today is uh, what's today national bisexual visibility day. Yay! So good Yay. for that, um, mm-hmm. which I think is very important. Um, and uh, frankly, I think a very underserved group. And I know that this is not really what our podcast is about, but I feel like that's an important thing to say anyway. Mm-hmm. So screw it. Um, but uh, we, we one of our most popular episodes, I think, of our podcast was when we dissected the gym in the holograms trailer. <laughs> like we still get so many comments, at least I do, from people who are like, I, I don't know anything about gym, but I like your podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, and so we just watched this music video for Girls Like Girls, and somebody give a synopsis of what the video is about. Uh, so basically it opens with a girl riding down the street and on her bike, and she has a bruised and bloody face, and you're like, oh no, this is going to be a sad video. But then they're at this great 90s house party, smoking and drinking like teenagers do, and she's having mad chemistry with her, her best friend, her girl best friend, and you're like... Oh no! Oh no! It's gonna be a sad video, and they're uh they're so cute. Um, and then they're about to kiss, but then this girl's boyfriend yanks our main character girl back by the hair, and like sh- that's how her face gets all bloody. But then she beats the crap out of him, and I scream, "Kill him!" <laughs> at my computer screen. <laughs> and then they make out, and then I cry, and I wave my hands in the air like an octopus, um, because they have air underwater where the octopi live. And everything special is kind of octopus. <laughs> yeah, so, that is perfect summary. Spoilers, that is perfect summary. It's lovely. Spoilers, spoilers, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't matter. Super spoilers. It's, it's super spoilers, but it's still worth watching. It's so good. It's an adorable video. It's a really poppy song. It's a great song. Really well done music video. And then the song is by this this actress slash singer Haley Kiyoko, who is in the new Jim movie. She plays Asia. Uh, and uh, she also directed the music video. She doesn't star in the music video, but she's um, the, the artist behind the song. But the, the star of the music video, Stephanie Scott, is also in the gym movie. She plays Kimber. Yeah. So, like, it, I don't know. I was, I was saying it makes me both more and less excited for the movie. It makes me more excited because I know the people involved are legitimately talented. And then it makes me less excited because I'm like, and it's probably still going to suck. Seriously, if you want to see sweet longing personified, it is in the faces of the actresses in this video. They're so good. They do such a good job. I was like genuinely impressed. The lip gloss scene alone is just, it it tugs at your heart. They're like, oh, you guys are so cute. Kill me. so good. so cute. (sighs) So good. Yeah, that was a good way to start off the show. (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> yep. So as everyone knows, a thing happened where these new iPhones came out. Um, actually, what? they're technically not out yet for me personally. <laughs> I want you guys to know that last night I literally had a dream that I had my iPhone success and I was showing someone the live photo mode. And like, I was just demonstrating it in the dream and I woke up and I was like, no, it's not here yet. I have, I to, have wait. to wait three more days. <laughs> is it, it's Friday or is it Saturday? Friday, it's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Tuesday night, Simone. So okay. oh, yeah, technically yeah. true, true. What day are we? Anyway. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. It's awful. Um, but Christina, Christina yes. did get to fondle the new iPhone and touch it in a way that is normal. Um, Christina reviewed oh, the new iPhone. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm fondling it and touching it right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Christina, I, can you do that another time? Like, not during our very professional <laughs> Don't. podcast? Don't 3D touch the phone while we're talking, Christina. But I have to. (laughs) But it's so 3D touchable. Put it away, Christina. Put it away. I just know that once I get the phone, I'm just going to be doing the 3D touch gesture to jump between apps just absentmindedly, just to feel like the little tiny... Yep. That feedback. Oh, yeah. That haptic feedback. I'm going to make my dreams come true and show someone the live photo (laughs) mode. I have very simple uh. dreams, you guys. Okay, so first off, should we talk about the photo that you took? So to prove that the rose gold iPhone success is indeed yes. pink. It's pink, you guys. It's very it's so pink. pink. You took, or someone at Mashable took a photo of it yeah, next our, to- our, our, our photography, uh, um, uh, direct, our director of photography, uh, 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 Dustin Drakowski, uh, uh, took it and did a fantastic job of uh, taking the pink phone um, amongst other pink things. Mm-hmm. And there might have been some color correction to really make the pink stand out even more, I won't lie. I was going to ask you about that. Is it color corrected? Like the a tiny bit, but not that much. Okay, okay. Like, like obviously a little bit to make it look, I mean, because the way he shot it, the way that he set the whole thing up, I was so proud of him. It looks like something that you would see in Cosmo. Mm-hmm. It, it really beautiful. does. Well, we know, what a, we know what a pink Starbucks looks like, so it can't yes. be that color corrected yeah that's true no exactly that's what i'm saying it, it and, and that color is actually really close to what the color of, of the phone is to be honest um when, when you take it out of its package yeah no i mean it's not that color corrected i mean he maybe i think he maybe made it a little more vibrant in certain places mm-hmm. but no i mean it's it's very very close um uh, he uh he took my advice and um we printed out a photo of, from pretty in pink and cut that out and put it on there <laughs> which made me very happy because i was like anytime i can get a pretty in pink reference in, in a story i'm there oh yeah um but yeah, no, I mean, this thing is pink. Uh, they insist on calling it rose gold, but it's not. It's pink, and it's fantastic. It's fabulous. The whole phone is really fabulous. You know, I mean, that was kind of the story uh, behind the phone. I, I had it for about 12 days before my review went up. Um, I got it right uh, the day after the Apple event. And, um, you know, um, I've had a lot of time with it, and it's a really good phone. Um, you know, some of the other reviews I've read, uh, I think Joanna Stern, um, who, who we know and love on the show, um, she was a little more critical. She didn't like that the battery life wasn't improved. And, and I can understand that. But I feel like, and I think some of the other reviewers, you know, uh, Walt Mossberg, John Gruber, and, and, and Neelai Patel kind of felt the same way that I did, that the 3D touch stuff alone kind of makes um, this um, uh, an upgrade worth considering, even if you're on the sixth cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, I, I think, you know, Gruber talked about it on, on, on in his review, and and I, I made this point in mind. You know, that a lot of times people kind of dismiss the S reviews. I think offhanded, they think that it's just a small update. I've historically actually always kind of liked the S updates better. I tend to think mm-hmm. that they have bigger performance benefits than you would think. And in this case, it's actually true. There's a much bigger jump between. 
um, like from from a just a pure performance perspective between um, the from the six to the six S than there was from the five S to the six. So even though it has the same design, although as Apple is, 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 is want to say, you know, the only thing that changes everything, it does have new materials. So mm-hmm. it's not just a new color, but it's a new type of aluminum, um, 7,000 series aluminum. Um, and then it has um, a different type of glass on the front, which is supposed to be stronger. They didn't really get into the details, but it's... Ionics. Some, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's something from Corning, um, as always. So um, some sort of, you know, Gorilla Glass-like thing. Apple has never been one to say that they use Gorilla Glass, but they use fortified glass from Corning, which I'm sure is the same thing. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's it's got all new components on the inside. So it's got this super fast processor that is, in my tests, we're 70% faster on the single core settings from, from Geekbench, which is really incredible. Wow. Um, and uh, two gigs of RAM, which I think is it's about time. I think it's about time they have the RAM, you know, because I don't know about you, Serenity, or, or you, Simone, but I have found myself running into kind of hitting that one gig limit more and more on the iPhone, especially with web browsing. Oh, yeah, especially with iOS 9, too. Yeah, yeah, mine's getting... <laughs> yes. My 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 iPhone 6 right now, um, I, I think, knows that it's about to get replaced because for the last four days, it has been the most sluggish, uncooperative thing that I own. <laughs> Granted, I'm also no. I was also doing some web blocker tests, but no, it's you, uh, especially as somebody who owns the iPad Air two, um, which has two gigs. Being able to like that that flies even with a much larger Retina screen, and I can't wait to see what the real world performance is in a four point seven inch or five point five inch display. Uh, yeah. Christina, what are you yeah. rocking right now? Are you rocking the six S or the six S plus? So I'm 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 doing the 6s. So yeah. I, I got both to review, but I reviewed the 6s and and Lance reviewed the 6s plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, and the 6s plus is great for me. I can't do the bigger size. Mm-hmm. I know that it would be better for my battery. Your tiny I know hands. That, exactly. My tiny hands, my pants, really is what it comes down to. My, <laughs> my, my clutch plus plus my, my my wallet clutch. I mean, it's it's a problem. I would love to have the bigger phone, and in a lot of ways, it would fit my life better. Mm. I, it it's just too big. Um, but you 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 do the plus, right, Serenity? No, so I've I've actually been in your camp. Um, I I pre-ordered the the 6s plus, and I'm okay. still debating. I I kind of I my boyfriend has a 6s or a 6 plus, and I have traditionally liked the smaller phone. In fact, I was even a little bit naysaying about the 4.7 inches. But I do a lot more on my watch than I used to with the oh. Apple Watch on my wrist and being able to do really really quick things um in that sort of space i wonder if i could get away with the larger screen because i wasn't you know i don't have to necessarily text one-handed because i can just use siri and talk very quietly into my watch (laughs) (laughs) but yeah carrying it in a bag so it wouldn't be such a an issue of exactly you carry it in a bag or it's sitting on your you know on your car seat you know Mm -hmm. Than anyone in your car, but you you know what I mean. It's uh, right. <laughs> I'm 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 kind of I'm I'm weighing the the pros and cons here. I think I might try it for a year, and then I mean, worst case scenario, I have my six. It's not the end. Right. <laughs> um, no, totally. I feel like totally. for me, it's going to be a totally different world because I'm going from the five C to the six S. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're I, I honestly don't even know what to say at this point because it, it's going to be such a different experience for me. It's a huge upgrade. I mean, not just the mm-hmm. the screen size is going to be different, but um, mm-hmm. like Christina was saying, 3D touch alone. I mean, iOS yeah. nine is a huge upgrade for the for the phone. You know, they they were joking about oh, iOS nine is mostly under the hood little stuff, but honestly, what iOS nine um, does is, is huge for all of Apple's devices. Mm-hmm. Low power mode alone, 
Oh yeah, and well, that saved my butt so many times. Yeah. Just oh my god, oh. so many, so many. I I seriously thought about enabling the beta just for that. Um, <laughs> but between that and 3D Touch, basically reinvents iOS again and mm-hmm. just says, hey, you know all of these traditional you know ways that you have been navigating through your phone. Let's throw them out, replace them with on what on a desktop would be a power user shortcut, mm-hmm. and let's make it available and accessible to people you know four yeah. or five years completely old. compress the workflow that you might have on your phone uh, yeah and and, it, and it's a fantastic feature so just for to give people a little bit of background what 3d touch is is it's basically what force touch is on the on the apple watch and, and on the macbook and macbook pro um, um uh, trackpads um and and like like serenity said it is kind of a power feature i likened it in and my hands-on a couple of weeks ago to the quick look um, feature in OS 10, you know, when you press the space bar and you can get a preview of things. And that's part of it. It's like the quick look meets the right click button. Mm-hmm. Because um, when you're in certain apps, like when you're in the messaging app, like my husband sent me a tweet a second ago over um, iMessage and I can, you know, um, press in and hold and get a preview of what that tweet looks like from the messaging app without having to go <sighs> into the app. And then if I press in a little bit harder, it'll pop me into the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can just go back to messages, you know, really quickly. But you can get a little preview. That, that works with photos. It works with maps. When you're in uh, the music app, I love this feature. You know how you they had that awesome, like, for you section or they mm-hmm. have, like, a playlist. And you're like, oh, I want to know. Like, for instance, I right now on my for you have um, pop songs about growing up. Okay, well, this looks interesting. But I see Britney Spears right there, which makes me a little bit both happy and sad. <laughs> so I want to know. I also see some John Mayer. What's on this playlist? I can just do a force touch on the uh, 3D touch, rather, on the playlist. And now I see I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, Little Me uh, from Little Mix, uh, Opposite Adults by Chitty Bang, uh, No Such Thing uh, by John Mayer, Never Grow Up by Taylor Swift, yay. Um, <laughs> something from One Direction. So I, I can see the whole playlist and then if I, I if I you know press a little bit harder it'll actually take me to it so that's a really cool feature just right um mm-hmm. you know in in the music app it, it works in the mapping app too works in all the native apps and then um third-party apps are, are integrating it in already I know that the Pinterest already has support there's been some concern the developers might take some time to get there I can tell you guys I'm already beta testing a couple of apps that are already using it nice so um you know the developers don't even have access to the hardware yet and they're already building it in so I don't think it's going to be a problem at all all right that's awesome no. I I have to by the way now that you mentioned Taylor Swift I have to call you up because I was watching your videos I saw yes. you <laughs> writing Taylor Swift in your contact info yes you did yes you did um you caught my one of my easter eggs so for, for, for so what would be what my video team has only now realized i've been doing this for like eight months is i go out of my way to put a taylor swift reference into every video i make for mashable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and the video team has only now noticed and uh i work we, we have a we have a fairly new team now kind of working on this stuff and, and they helped us do our review videos and our 3d touch video and they did a great job i have to say our review video uh, was one of the most fun I've ever had, and and the beginning is hilarious. It was great. <laughs> the, the, the beginning is hilarious, and uh, for the 3D touch video, we were able to get that in, and um, it was actually their suggestion because they recognized I told them about like my my what I've been doing, and they were like, "Oh, just do that. That'll be your way to get your Taylor Swift reference into your video." I was like, "They're I aiding love you guys. and abetting you." They are. They are, and so that that made me super happy. But yeah, I mean, it, it, but yeah, I mean, 3D mm-hmm. touch is. It's a marvel. It's one of those features I think that's going to totally change, like Serenity said, kind of the way that we use our phones. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that I think the only potential downside for now is that it's going to take a few years for everybody's phones to get them. But um, 
it, it is a completely new way of doing it. And then what's interesting to me, and I didn't know this until um, I went through some of the docs, and maybe I saw it on somebody else's um, website, was the fact that it supports accessibility out yeah. of the box. So I think that's awesome um, because originally I thought, well, maybe this won't be something that, that the blind users can use, but it does support blind users. And in fact, that's amazing. it'll even read out the features to them. So the fact that it's got that stuff built in, I think just makes it that much even cooler. Wow. Kudos to Apple for putting that in right off the bat. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add similar experiences to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experiences to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms with superior pro fraud protection and their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash rocket. The name of the show. Thank you, Braintree, for supporting this episode of Rocket and Relay FM. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Braintree. Yay. I wanted to drop a quick note in there about um, what you said about uh, Gruber and the S update. So what he says in his review of the, um, the iPhone 6S is that because of the cycle that they're on, this means that, you know, the design for the 7 is locked down or very close to it, quote unquote, mm -hmm. which means, of course, that the people working on the S update, they have all, they have a great amount of time to add really meaningful changes to that update. So I think that's just a really cool note about why the S updates, like you said, and like he said, might be more, more interesting to power users and more meaningful than people think they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, and when I think back about my favorite phones, if I'm honest, I mean, a lot of them have been the S updates. I mean, the iPhone 6 was probably, up to this point, my favorite iPhone ever. And and I wrote my review, I said, look, this should be the best iPhone ever. You know, it was the newest iPhone. But the truth is, is I, I can look back and there have been certain phones that I've liked better than others, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and there have been certain phones that have been better in the, in the long run than others. Um, on the whole, I do have to say, probably was disappointed with the 4S, even though it added a lot of features. I think that that was, that was kind of a weird year. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 I might have been disappointed slightly with the five, if I'm honest. Um, with the five S, I added a lot. The six, I was super super happy with. Uh, the three GS, I love. That was one of my favorite iPhones ever. You know, that was mm -hmm. actually a really big step up in a lot of ways from um from the three G. And um and and I I think that this is kind of one of those examples. I think he's I think he's right. He makes a point that Apple can't afford to just kind of rest on their laurels. Mm -hmm. They've got to continue innovating because there are so many good low priced Android smartphones out there. At this point, I almost wonder if Apple doesn't see their competition as Samsung anymore because of Samsung's having problems themselves. But if they see you know the competition, especially in China, these lower end but super power exactly. And at that point, if if you're going to be competing against those companies and you're going to be twice as much. 
your your specs better be every bit as good. You mm-hmm. can't make you can't have a scenario where on paper their specs are better and you're charging more, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's exhausting. <laughs> and think about everything else that they're doing in the background. If it's not, you know, if Apple was only an, a phone company, it would be incredible on its own. But yes. then you've got You've got the iPad, you've got the Mac, you've got, yeah. you know, TBD Apple Car, you've got the well, Apple TV, the you've watch got, even, in the yeah, you've got the, the watch. Phone. That's a huge I, deal. Exactly. It's just, it's listing feature after feature after device after device. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, one of the, one of the big advantages that Apple has over something, somebody like Xiaomi, um, is because of the way that they control their hardware and their software. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Xiaomi is kind of trying to play with that with custom builds of, of Android, but still, the ability to do something like 3D touch and to make it, you know, here, we're yep. going to build hardware that's available, but you know it's going to be on all of the devices. And you know yes. that it's going to get better and better with each iteration. We saw it start on the watch. We saw it move to the MacBook trackpad and become a little bit more interesting. Now it's even more interesting on the iPhone 6S. And they kind of glossed over the fact that um, in addition to just 3D touch, that screen is pressure sensitive and... Yep. Not just for 3D touch, for pressure-sensitive drawing, um, which yep. maybe you don't want to draw a whole lot on your phone, but that makes me really excited for what the iPad's going to look like in a couple of years. Oh, right yeah. now, the iPad exactly. Pro, all of that technology is built into the pen, but when right. that screen technology gets cheaper, it's going to be incredible. Wow. Precisely. And and I think that you bring up a great point, and, and we hadn't really talked about this before on the show, is, is the fact that, um, you know, this has features that the iPad Pro won't have, even though they have similar hardware guts, there are different features. And that's kind of for the same reason that the grouper talks about the TikTok cycle on, on the phones. You know, they have like they, they have their year where they do, you know, the hardware changes and they have the year where, where they're, you know, doing the internal stuff. Um, the iPad and the and the iPhone teams are on completely different cycles and they don't necessarily know what the other team is doing, which is why we had the situation with the first iPad Air not having Touch ID. Mm. And we have a situation now where the iPad Pro is going to not have this pressure sensitivity and this and this you know um, uh, 3D touch capabilities, which has some people disappointed. But I think that the, the the pencil will make up for that in a lot of ways. But it is interesting, you know. And, and to your earlier point, uh, Serenity just shows how fast they're moving and how many things they're they're you know working on when they've literally got all these different teams. Um, and I think that although other companies are going to try to do things like 3D touch, the difficulty there is that. Um, unless you can get developer support, it doesn't matter. And developers aren't going to support it unless it's a, um, you know, basic Android feature. And that would require Google to actually adopt it and make it something. And that's, you know, those introduce a ton of variables where it takes a lot more time. Apple doesn't have to deal with that. You know, Xiaomi, even if they could add that feature and add an API on their own in in their update of Android, and and to be brutally frank, they aren't um, you know forking Android in a way that would, would give them that sort of low level access to that sort of thing. Um, the reality is, is no matter how popular they are, and they're really popular, we wouldn't see the third party developer ecosystem at least not out of maybe a couple of apps in China who maybe have similar investors. Mm bothering to support that feature because you just the you know your roi on that um your return on investment just wouldn't yeah, be high enough saturation you, know, because we see that with Samsung, you see that with samsung's features all the time samsung introduced some really great s voice stuff and they had some really great um you know um like kind of the ability to have two apps open at once and and some of those things that they've done and 
they haven't been adopted by third parties. Third parties haven't adopted them. They, they've been able to get third-party support of apps they've basically paid to support it. You know, they had a thing with Flipboard um, I, for, for a few years, um, having that both pre-installed and getting, you know, certain S Pen type integration with that, um, which is really cool. Um, but, I mean, but unless you've got a, a deal with them like that, they're not going to do it. And uh, the developers aren't going to do it. And that just ends up meaning that Samsung's making these really compelling features that are having to be as part of the default Samsung apps. And, and unfortunately, you know, um, that's even though Samsung has tons of users, those aren't necessarily the apps everyone wants to use. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. is brutal. It's, it's really nice when you have something really niche and cool. I mean, I think about uh, a couple years back when was it? I can't remember if it was Twitterific or Tweetbot that, or no, it was Tweety. It was Tweety that integrated pull the refresh yes. before before anything else existed. Oh. Um, yes. And yes, it was. yeah, Lauren Richter's Tweety did pull to refresh, and pull to refresh was so awesome that immediately people were like, "We want this in everything." And Lauren Richter <laughs> was even good enough to basically be like, "Hey guys, you know what? I'm not claiming copyright to this, so." You know, have well, at he it. did pat- well, or he well, patented, did but pat- he yeah. But, and then it went to Twitter, but then Twitter basically um, was nice enough to um, basically kind of not put it in the public domain, but make it clear that they won't sue anyone for using it. Right. And so Apple has then adopted it, you know, um, uh, to to great aplomb, and other other people have too. Exactly. But yeah. But yeah, but but that's one of those things where this was a great this was a great thing, and people loved using Tweety because of it, but. It resulted in a bunch of developers being told, we really want this, and developers kind of shrugging and being like, we can't do anything until a certain point at which, oh, this is available for us? Okay, we can now implement it. Mm. So be, having it be siloed like that, that's, that's a really tough hurdle for Samsung to overcome. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the Pebble Time round? I suppose we shall, yeah. <laughs> any, any last words besides, ugh? Yeah, I just want to say one final thing about this. this, this um. It's really good. It's really good. It, it, it's a really good phone. And, and I, I, I would say that if you're on an iPhone 6 or a 6 Plus, you don't necessarily need to upgrade. It's a great upgrade, but I understand that it's not for everybody. Um, I do think that it's interesting that this is kind of the year where carriers are getting away from the subsidized phones and we're kind of moving, at least in the United States, towards this almost like payment plan thing, which I'm probably going to be doing where I just basically lease my phone from Apple, which I'm fine with because I get a new one every year anyway. Um, but I would say that if you're on you know, any of the fives or, or, or lower, this is such a terrific upgrade. And it's, it, it's going to feel like it's a lot bigger, I think, than it is. And, and if you are so inclined, if something happens to you, if you're like my friend Heidi, who, no joke, she, um, poor Heidi, she was uh, in, in an Uber home yesterday, um, and she was going underneath the Queensboro Bridge taking a photo, and the phone, uh, gust of wind blew the phone out of her hand no. oh and onto the bridge. They drove around. She was. It had her cards and stuff in it because attached to the case. She was able to, to to get it back, but it was in pieces. <gasps> and uh, so she still had a, an iPhone six. This was her six plus. So she's able to use that. But uh, she's she she's been very cool about it. She's like, hey, it died as it lived taking photos. So this is a great <laughs> excuse for her to now get the six S plus. So if you're in one of those situations, you're you're, you're going to be lo- you're going to love it. Um, but I but I would say you know if you're one of those users who you recently got the six. It's a great phone or the six S or the six plus rather. It's a great phone, but unless you're kind of a, a, a maniac or, or 
part of those edge plans or something, I wouldn't say that it's one of those things where it's necessarily worth you know, spending the money on um, just because I know these things are pricey. And that would just be my final word. As much as I like it, I, I'm not going to recommend that somebody, you know, take a, a multi hundred dollar <laughs> bath phone off to get the it. Bridge. <laughs> Although I will say if you are out of your contract currently, the iPhone upgrade plan is, is a pretty compelling offer. It is. Yeah. It's a really compelling offer, I think. I mean, you have to kind of go into it with the understanding that if you were to keep it for two years, it actually is, is a great, like, no interest yeah. loan. It's yours. But if you're willing to do the yearly thing and just kind of accept that, hey, I, I will trade this into the end of the year and get a new one and kind of pay this perpetual, you know, uh, monthly amount for it, I agree with you. I think it's a great idea. That's why I'm probably going to do it because it's, I might as well. I get a new phone every year. I either pass, you know, the old one on to my husband or, or I sell it for about half its value on, on you know, one of those, you know, sites or whatever. And, um, I might as well just just continue paying the, the you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I I I am paying regardless You're so for me I might as well anyway. just do the, the the perpetual thing yeah Absolutely. I went through if the T-Mobile upgrade sorry go on Serenity. Oh, no, I was going to say, if I didn't have to keep my old devices around for speed testing, I would absolutely do the, yeah. the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's like Good anybody point. who who doesn't really care about having your old devices on a shelf somewhere, either for personal developer testing or just for display yep. purposes, this makes total sense. Because otherwise, what are, what are your phones doing? They're either going to other people, hand-me-downs, and they probably have cracks in them at this point, or <laughs> they go in a drawer. So yeah. give my them back to Apple. Pristine. I did Somehow. not start breaking phones until the iPhone 6, and I broke two of them within two months. Uh, how? Oh, my God. Uh, one fell two and a half feet from my lap to the floor when I was getting out of the car. No. Um, and that Ugh. completely shattered. Um, and one, one was more my fault. One, I was trying to take a picture at Disneyland, and it literally flew out of my hand <laughs> and across the street and oh, wound no, up in no. one of the, the red car train tracks. Oh, didn't know and that only chipped a corner of the screen, thankfully. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Surprisingly. That's impressive. Better than the That's flying impressive. was less less damaging than the <laughs> being dropped out of a car. But Well, because yeah. it all depends on where it lands, right? It all mm -hmm. depends on, 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 on that angle, um, as, as we've, we've um, seen in, in other sorts of uh, tests like that. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I'm fortunate. I don't usually have to keep the devices around because we usually have kind of a, a, a cache of them that we can use for speed testing. But yes, I mean... If I were maybe a more committed journalist and <laughs> my own things, usually I though I, I just I, I give them to my husband. Um, but this year Grant really wants a, a couple things. One, he's not too keen on a year from now having a pink phone. Um, <laughs> oh come on, I mean, Grant. You know, he, he's a very, he's a very he's a very manly man and not really. I mean, look, he he is, but but he's like very comfortable with himself and he's very happy. Like he wouldn't be embarrassed by it's not because it's pink and he feels like that's girly. He just doesn't like the it's color the fashion. and yeah. it, it, exactly. And so I mean, it was it was enough to give him the, the the kardashian phone um the, the the first iphone you know 5s and, and he has that in a case so but really he wants the plus he wants the he wants oh, the success plus okay. so he's wanted to go to t-mobile anyway and so when um his contract is, is up in um, november for for his line he's going to switch to t-mobile and um and do their phone do their plan and they have a great plan right now where actually that's the plan that i'm doing yeah mm -hmm. where you can pay um like like five or ten dollars a month um, if you trade in an older mm. phone, um, I'm not giving so, mine up, but yes, I am paying like, so I think good. it's 24, I want to say, I know it's less than the Apple upgrade plan, but of course there's not the yearly refresh things. So. Yeah. It's, it's less. Yeah. Yeah. No, the John Legere is doing some impressive stuff over at, uh, at T-Mobile for, for deals for sure. Mm -hmm. He's, He's getting attention. Me. Yeah. I know you, you don't use a case, Christina, right? 
or your typically phone? no i mean i and especially i mean like I should, and I have before, and I was during the review process because I was having to hide it. But <laughs> I mean, it's a pink phone, and I want everybody to see I it. I'm so conflicted because I, I use the <laughs> the OtterBox, and I actually really like the way that because I have the pink 5C, and I like the way that the pink kind of shows through the blue. It contrasts really nicely. But I also want everyone to know that I'm gonna have a pink iPhone. So eh, whatever. In- you know, I really like the um, the case defy cases for that purpose. They're the ones that are like semi clear, so it's just mm-hmm. enough protection that it covers the edges. So if you drop it, you're not going to be in deep trouble unless you're you know throwing it under the ground. <laughs> but they have a lot of ones that are completely see through. So I had one that was a a bunch of stars like slowly falling on the case, but everything else oh, was cool. completely clear. So you could see the champagne gold and these like and these white silver stars. I'm like, this is perfect. Can you uh, great. repeat that name to me? Yeah, Casetify. Casetify. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. No reason, really. Just curious. <laughs> You're definitely not going to get one right now. Obviously. I'm not Googling that at this very moment. No, she's not looking this up right now and placing her ear <laughs> as we talk. No, never. Bye, money. Cool. All right, so we really do have to move on now. So, okay, Pebble announced yes. a new model of the Pebble Time called the Pebble Time Round. As you can maybe guess from the name, it has a round screen. Um, no. So it's basically the same as the Pebble Time, but it and it has the timeline and the e-paper display, but it is round. So this is a very interesting development because as you may have noticed, if you have looked at smartwatches, most of them are square, rectangular. And obviously the correlation is that most of our like computer screens, phone screens, those are also square and rectangular. So when you're making a display, it is a lot more efficient to have a square or rectangular display because you can fill that space with less wasted real estate, which is why I think we haven't seen a lot of, or any round smartwatches. However, I think The Verge said in their write-up of this, um, this uh, watchmaker citizen claims that 90% of watch faces for non-smartwatches are round. So there is a notable gap in the market there. And honestly, when when I think about smartwatches, I think it is like the I think the Apple Watch looks really nice. I think the Pebble looks really nice, but I think it is hard to make a rectangular watch that doesn't look like a mini computer strapped to your wrist, which it literally yeah. is, but you don't necessarily want it to look that way. Right. So this is super exciting. Yeah, so there are a few watches, Android Wear watches, that have round faces. Um, the new Huawei watch does. Mm-hmm. Um, the the LG, the Moto, the Moto, uh, the Moto G, and or not the Moto G, the Moto. Uh, what is it? Three sixty. The Moto three sixty, and then then the, then there's the three, the newest three sixty are both round. The LG, so LG has a couple of them um, that are that are round, mm-hmm. including the new one. Um, and 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 like I said, the new Huawei one, which um, it to me is only notable because uh, they somehow. Huawei got game. They they paid Carly Kloss um, to to be in the um, advertisements. <laughs> they like did a fashion shoot with her with the watch. So they did that exactly for you. You are their market. Basically, the, I'm, I'm the target market. I'm still not going <laughs> to buy their watch because because I've seen it in person. It's really good looking, even though the strap is pretty terrible. That's actually a pretty common thing where the the mm-hmm. watch itself looks good and the strap is awful. Um, but it's it's too big. It's 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 so clearly a man's watch. Um, but yeah, but this is the first one. What's interesting to me, I didn't, I haven't seen it in person. I had, I was unfortunately on Apple Watch uh, review video duty, so um, <laughs> I sent my colleague uh, Ray, also known as Ray Ray, 
um, to uh, to check it out. And um, he came back with photos, and and he walked away really impressed. And he has an Apple Watch mostly because he sits next to me, and um, <laughs> he had serious FOMO. Like this is actually not a joke. Like Ray mostly, ha- most- I believe that because it's hap- it happens to me, and I don't. I'm three thousand <laughs> miles away from you, Christina. <laughs> um, but but Ray was was really impressed. What what's interesting is they very clearly kind of. Uh, he said that you know we talked to Eric, uh, who who's Pebbles' uh, founder and CEO, and Eric. Um, I can't I can't pronounce his last name. Misovic is that how you say it? I believe Serenity. So. Do you yeah. know? Um, he um, said you know what we've kind of discovered is that people have different size wrists, and that's wow, kind of their way of saying that? amazing. And what, and what he's and what that's kind of basically saying is, hey, chicks want watches too. And yeah. um, and and the the watch looks like it will work well on a woman's wrist. I'm supposed to meet with them in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks and, and actually get my hands on one for real. Um, but it's a lot thinner than it was before. So they're super thin. They've got all these interchangeable bands that really kind of make it um, ray like and it to um, like like a swatch watch for like the modern era. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget cool. rose gold. I was gonna say yes. rose gold. <laughs> Here's the thing, uh, if I'm correct. So there's going to be a 20 millimeter size and a 14 millimeter size. Yes. And the Verge article that I read about this implied that the rose gold, like the three colors, gray, black, and rose gold, the rose gold would only be available on the 14 millimeter watch. Mm-hmm. I object. Yeah. Are there not large wristed people who would there like are. a fashionable rose gold watch? Thank you. There are. And I think that, look, you know, they can always change that. You know, it might just be a matter of, of, of production things for now. So they could always change that. Yeah, so yeah. It, it does It does make sort of sense to me that they would try and limit it a little bit, uh, not so much to exclude big-wristed uh, big women, but to sort of send up a signal flare to women who have otherwise felt excluded from the watch industry, basically being like, hi, remember all of those photos of Android Wear watches where the women are like, look, we can wear Android Wear watches, but only around our fingers or halfway up our arm. Um, here's a watch that we can actually show a woman wearing, um, both in profile and up close, and it doesn't look like the most horrific thing that ever got put on a woman's wrist. Nice. And, actually, it's you know, really good. Yeah, no, it, it, I, when I saw the promo pictures today, because um, I've been like Christina, I have been head down in Apple for the last two weeks. I kind of just poked my head up. It was like, I knew this was happening, but oh, this actually, this looks really nice. And now I'm going to reach out to my folks at Pebble because like it, it is, it looks genuinely like a watch that I would like to wear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other watch I felt like that about was the 38 millimeter Apple watch where it doesn't Same. just look like smart watch on your wrist. It looks like watch on your wrist that happens to be smart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Which exactly. So much more important. One of the big changes they made. Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something about the look, Christina? No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to talk about the timeline and what they changed yes. to make it fit into the onto the round watch face. So it no longer. That's scroll- where I was going to go. Hey, there you go. Uh, it doesn't scroll line by line anymore. It refreshes by page as you're scrolling, and hmm. they are offering the SDK so that devs can modify their apps. And I was kind of curious to ask you guys, or specifically you, Christine, or you also, Serenity, because I don't know much about developing apps. How much of an effort is that for developers to modify apps to fit the pebble time round what i was going to say is just it really depends on what kind of app that the developer is Mm -hmm. building um and whether or not it was something that took up the full screen of the square pebbles prior um especially if you're doing something that you want to look not only functional on the round display but good on the round display it's a whole different UI consideration. Mm-hmm. That said, I feel like it's a little bit easier in some respects than, say, porting an iOS app because there's a the e-ink display. 
in some ways is a lot more simplistic than what you might have to develop for in terms of assets for a Moto 360 or an mm-hmm. Apple Watch. Yeah, and, and, and we talked to, to Pebble about that, and, and they said that literally it should be something that the developers should be able to do with just a couple of lines of code because the way that the Pebble um, 2.0 kind of SDK works is it's largely kind of JavaScript-based, and a lot of it, their assets already are kind of built to be responsive in a sense. Mm-hmm. So the unlike the kind of the experience you have with like the Moto 360 where you've got this weird like half, you know, um, uh, you know moon-shaped thing at the bottom of the screen where it doesn't fill up the whole screen this shouldn't be a problem i mean from what they say it should be something the developers should just be able to just update very quickly to, to make it work mm-hmm. on both to your points Randy, yes i mean it might still need some ui considerations but ray was actually most surprised about that i mean he was very visibly surprised when he came back and talked to me about how good timeline looked on the round face and how um, little modifications it seemed it needed for that to work. I have a feeling that when they were developing Pebble Time and when they were developing the the SDK around Timeline, that they were already realizing that they were going to have different shapes mm-hmm. going forward. So I have a feeling they built their tools in that way to be able to to you know adapt more more easily than you know you might have the situation with uh, some of the Android Wear apps where. Some of them work fine, you know, on, on, on round screens and, and square faces, and they're all kind of designed for that. Um, but obviously, depending on the screen technology used, it depends on how full the screen's going to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's really interesting. And so another, this this watch will have a smaller battery life than yes. the other Pebble Times. Two days. Yep. Two days. How so do you, you can charge in 15 that? seconds or 15 minutes? So. <laughs> 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Sam, I was thinking of the the iPad, the pencil. Yeah, the yeah. pencil. Yeah, that's which, so cool. Which can charge in 15 seconds. But yeah, 15 minutes um, to to charge 48-hour battery life. I'm actually okay with that because – I think that's fine. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I'm the, pretty used to charging my devices every day at this point. I don't think it would be a, a big deal to have to, to charge something daily or every other day. Um, and for the sacrifice of – of fashion do you think it'd be worth it for you guys definitely <laughs> yeah yeah it's not a big deal i mean again i've been wearing an apple watch since they came out yep, in, in april and i have no problem at this point dropping it off on my nightstand at the end of the night same. and just tapping it in it's yeah. no problem no that's what i do and i pick up every morning you know because i could take it off anyway you know i know that that uh that, that uh, underscores uh david smith um you know just created an app called uh, sleep plus plus yeah which is kind of designed to, to let you uh wear your apple watch 24 7 um that's not really for me if i'm being totally honest mm. i don't really want to sleep with something on my wrist that's one of the reasons why i've never done that with the fitbit and some of those other things i i don't really love that especially since i spent so much money on my apple watch strap my my band i don't really want to sleep with a 250 piece. you know what i mean like <laughs> I've got the stainless steel one too. It's not. It's not the it's most comfortable heavy, sleeping thing. Yeah, it is a little heavy. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe if I had the sport, I don't know. Um, you I know, what? I've slept with. I... I've slept with the sport before, um, accidentally, yeah. and it's just not comfortable. Especially if you sleep with your hands anywhere near your face, you end up with metal imprints. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're getting some say... nice face grease on the uh, on the watch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. Different I, nose um, prints. So I, 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 I do think that honestly. Even though Pebble is known for having the week-long battery life, and that's one of their killer features, for being thinner and mm-hmm. and the fact that it'll still be color, still be e-paper, 15 minutes, I think that's – for two days, I think that's fine. Yeah. I honestly do, especially with all the other things they have, you know, kind of going for them. I think that, you know, you could think about it this way. When you jump in and go in the shower you, – you take a shower, you know? Oh, yeah. While you're in the shower, Drop it off, charge, charge your watch. It. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy peasy. 
Yeah, I honestly used to do that. I play roller derby um, three or four times a week. So uh, if I don't charge the battery sometime before the end of my workday and going to derby, it will die during one of the two to three hour exercise sessions that I have it on while I'm mm-hmm. playing. So I've gotten used to kind of taking it off uh, somewhere in between the close to the end of my workday, just dropping it on the charger while I go you know, make a midday snack or like walk the dogs or something. And then I come back and I put it back on and it's good to go. It's, it's, it really isn't that big of a deal as long as you have a charger readily accessible somewhere, either on your work desk or at your home. If you work from home, you know, just simple drop it on done. Cool. What charging pod do you use Serenity? I actually, so I bought a, um, a West Elm, uh, it's a it's like a tall jewelry case from somebody years ago, and it just so happened to have a little uh, a little hole for a cord. And I think originally it was supposed to be like to put your iPhone there, and I never used it for that. But it has this lovely little jewelry top, uh, so I've actually just been stringing the Apple Watch cord through there, and then just laying it in the jewelry case. So completely completely non practical for anybody else, but I nice. really like it. <laughs> That's cool. What about you? Um, I use the the Pulp South um, stand. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Stand. Do you think the round screen would be enough to tempt you away from the Apple Watch, or are you pretty embedded in that right now, or for now? Uh, I've spent so much money on my Apple Watch. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. So this is probably not going to be something that people who have already invested in the Apple Watch will... I mean, I could see it. I don't know. It depends. I think that this the swatch aspect. I mean, again, I've always felt like the Pebble Time was like a great sports watch, and and I I, I still kind of feel that way. I feel like it's a great sports watch in a way that my stainless steel watch really isn't a sports watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I can use it that way, but it's not really that. Um, I, again, you know, between the bands and, and the other stuff, you know, it's I've, I've put a sizable investment in it, right? Yeah. And and so there's a certain you know part of me that like I would need to switch bands before I go on like a big exercise thing, and 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 that's fine. Um, it just you know, I don't know if that's kind of what I want from it. Um, so I mean, I could I could see maybe doing that. I, I, it depends. I, I've I when when you've literally spent like eight hundred dollars plus yeah. you know, on a watch. There's no yearly upgrade hard. program for your watch. No, there's really not. There's really not. I mean, you know, I know that's what I spent on a phone, but a phone is different. You know, this is this is an accessory thing too. So I I don't know. I, yeah. I wish them luck. I love them. I love them um, as a company and, and, and I love what they're doing, but I, I don't know. I'm going to have to see it in person. Yeah. And you've got to support like a lower price point for, for smartwatches out there. Like it's really wonderful that they exist. I'm really happy. That I agree. They and and that they, they work on both platforms, you know, I mean, Android Wear now has, has iOS support, but it's, it's not really, you know, it, it just pumps all your notifications there. It's not as, as intricate as, as what Pebble does. And, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, Pebble's a great option for people who maybe are on different types of devices or who don't want the apple watch i mean there are plenty of people who might not want that design like you said who want something lower priced mm-hmm. um yeah. and lighter so i don't honestly. know and lighter yeah. yeah lighter absolutely what about you serenity would it, would it tempt you away yeah i especially after watch os 2 i'm going to say no it's not going to tempt me away it's definitely i definitely want to try it because it looks it looks beautiful it looks one of like one of the first smartwatches mm-hmm. that i would consider wearing on a regular basis but uh like christina i have several modern buckles at this point and a oh, lot no. of a lot of several. sport bands i have a midnight blue and a and a brown okay <laughs> yeah so several meaning two but still, still 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 i i've invested enough in the bands and just in mm-hmm. the ecosystem of the apple watch and watch os2 especially with custom complications so is so oh my god good. so good can i hold on i need to take like 
two seconds to just uh, expound upon my love for the for third party complications because I spent the pretty much since Watch OS two came out on on Monday I spent the last three days testing the complications in the wild, um, and I don't know if you you've tried Christina ETA on the watch. But, I haven't. Oh my gosh! As a complicated so ETA uh, for people who have never heard of the app before is basically an app where you put in your most frequently used destinations, and it basically uses historical traffic data and up to the minute traffic data to get you a picture of how heavy the traffic is for that destination so at good. any point you open it, as well as how long it'll take you and alternate routes and when you should leave for the peak, you know, peak travel so that you avoid most of the traffic. So the complication does the same thing, except it uses time travel to do it on the watch. So it just displays your most so frequently cool. used location with a green, a yellow, or a red signifying traffic. And then you just rotate the digital crown to go forward in time, and it lets you know whether traffic's going to get heavier or lighter. So you can figure out when exactly to time like you're leaving. And I, I skate somewhere that's two hours away uh, sometimes with traffic and an hour without traffic. So being able to have that really easily accessible it's just so cool that so cool awesome also i'm yeah. gonna download that app now i need that same i was not aware of this app i'm now i'm now downloading it too oh that okay Ooh. <laughs> this episode of rocket is brought to you by squarespace you can start building your website today at squarespace.com especially if you enter offer code rocket to get 10% off at checkout that's us it's us you're listening to our show so as you know we love squarespace when it comes to building a place for you to live online there's no better place to start that process than Squarespace. They give you all the power to build a beautiful website. No matter how much coding knowledge you have, they have some beautiful templates that you can choose from based on you know what, what you, purpose you want the website to serve. And they make the whole process painless and wonderful. And the end result is, of course, a professionally designed looking awesome website that you can use to take over the world probably that's i mean i can't think of any other reason why someone would want to build a website right christina yeah, no it's awesome that's pretty much yeah that's like the bottom line there I mean, what, what else would you do so squarespace is used by millions of people all over the world they have responsive 24 7 support with live chat and email teams in fact all over the world in new york dublin and portland so that's three very important time zones uh, to help you out with any problems you might have. Um, and they have this great feature called the cover page, which lets you build a beautiful single page website, put all that information that you need people to know right up there in a beautiful display so that they don't get confused and you can give them exactly what they want. So if you want to check out Squarespace, you should go to squarespace.com. Their plans start at just $8 a month, which is less than you will be paying for your new iPhone 6S. Um, uh, if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name, which as you know, is another great struggle with making a website. Uh, start your trial today with no credit card required and build a beautiful website and email it to us so we can look at it and judge your design choices. Um, and make sure that when you do that, you use offer code ROCKET at checkout. That will get you 10% off and then everyone will know that you love our show, which you do, because obvious. Thank you, Squarespace, for supporting ROCKET and Relay FM. You're awesome. That was the ad read. <laughs> ah, any last words on the Pebble Time round? Are you just downloading ETA over there, Christina? I am actually, and I just got it, and it's it's good. 
All right. I like, oh, it works with City Mapper. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so in love. I'm in love with it. Hey, so, okay. For me, the most exciting news of ever in my life came out today, which is that <laughs> uh, the topic for season two of Serial is decided. Yes. It's happening. And it, I, I totally forgot. Like, I've been, I feel like I've been looking forward to it all year and because it should happen in fallish because that's when the last one happened. It feels like it's been 10 years. It does. Well, when we think about everything that's happened yeah. since Serial last ended, I mean, it became this phenomenon. It was this amazing show. It was, became literally like a worldwide phenomenon where mm -hmm. everybody is looking into this case. And um, uh, I didn't even know you when I was listening to Serial. I know. Same. I didn't know you either. And now I feel like I've known you for forever. So. <laughs> that's why it feels like it's been so long. I started listening to Serial uh, pretty late. I, I think it might have just ended when I started listening to it. And I started in the middle of the night. I was driving home for or driving to visit my mom between Seattle and Port Townsend. And so I got off the ferry in the darkness of the Pacific Northwest. It's raining a little and I put on Serial. And I literally, I've driven this road for years and years. I drove off the road. I got confused about where I was. And I drove like into some kind of weird between the railings and the road edge place because I was so <laughs> distracted. I was like, what's happening? I have to solve this mystery. Come ridiculous. I got my mom into it over Thanksgiving. Like she almost listened to the entire thing. Like we, because I, I knew that she would love it because she loves true crime stuff and she loves audiobooks. And I was like, you're going to love this. And yeah, no, it's just, oh my God. Oh. So season two is going to be about Bo Bergdahl, who was an army sergeant who was captured and held by the Taliban for five years after walking off his base in Afghanistan. And so right now, Catherine Bigelow is slated to direct a movie about this, but it seems like the podcast is going to form part of the third act of the story because the army has charged him with desertion now and it's kind of they're figuring out what to do with him. So just like in the case of Adnan Syed, there's still a mystery there and the story of what's going to happen to him isn't over yet. And the podcast yeah. will be investigating that along with some other journalists who are involved in the case. I'm pumped. I'm interested to, because one of the great things about the first season of Serial was that she was in Baltimore and she could go to all these places and there were these great right. locational recordings. I don't, I, I don't imagine they'll go to Afghanistan to get locational recordings. That seems like something that would be expensive. Um, and it seems like something that they wouldn't really maybe have access to. You know, it seems like that would be a, yeah. a complicated thing. Since this is a military court matter, um, I do wonder about their access. But I wonder if, if where, where is he from? Is he from Montana? Where, where, where is he from? I'll Google that really quickly. Well, you say smart things. <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I, I would think, because the, the boy book, Bergdahl uh, case has been really interesting. Idaho. And it's obviously been really politicized. He's from Idaho? So maybe they go to Idaho and try to learn more about him and his background. Because to me, the story of what happened, a lot of it, I have to think, it's kind of like uh, you know the, uh, the, the John Krakauer's uh, famous book, Into the Wild, about uh, Christopher McCandless, yeah, the, the the kid who you know uh, went to Alaska and and went like on his like you know like trying to like mm -hmm. find himself moment and then died in the woods. Um, and where the story was was with the book where you know it, the the whole book is about kind of like what happened to him and how did he die. Um, subsequently, we've now kind of learned that what might have happened is that he ate some sort of um, uh, berries that looked like they weren't poisonous, but they were, and it was something that actually a lot of people like even very very well um, like, like good survivalists and people who are like from the area wouldn't have known that the what he, that the roots were were, were were poisonous. Looks like that might have been what happened, but. Um, but the story of Into the Wild is basically 
a, a, as much kind of an interesting like kind of digression into who McCandless was as a person. And so I wonder yeah. if that's kind of the direction they'll be going into where they maybe go to Idaho and try to learn from who he was that and why sense. somebody would, you know, walk off the base. Yeah. Because that that's that seems to be the fundamental thing. You know, obviously he wasn't captured for, for five years, which is terrible. And um but it's more about why that why the story began and why how did it begin that way? Because yeah. that becomes the kind of the central conflict. It's not so much, you know, what would happen to him once he was in captivity. But why was he in the situation where he was in captivity to begin with? Why did mm-hmm. he write those letters? What happened? Um, this is an interesting one to me. I don't know about you guys, because what was interesting about the um, Anand uh, Syed case is is obviously, you know, that was kind of a closed case in the sense that he was already in jail. There were obviously questions, but that was a case that had already gone through the, the court system. This hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about that, about the fact that they're basically uncovering an issue that has not been decided in the courts yet, the military or, or um, you know, um, other courts yet? Ooh. I am into, I guess with your point earlier about what kind of access they'll have stands to me as the most important thing just because I unlike with Anand Sayed where they could look back into those cases since it had been so long ago and they were working with lawyers obviously they could do that with this they won't be able to have anything current I don't believe at least in terms of his court case right and then of course what they find could influence like it did with Anand Sayed influence what happens as the trial moves forward um I think that the most concerning thing to me would always be just how the family of the person who is featured in the podcast feels about it. I yes, I would imagine and hope, I hope, I guess we'll find out that this is being done with consent of his family. And I would hope also that they'll be on the podcast so we can yes. get a more, maybe accurate isn't the right word, but a close reading of who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, that, I guess, then opens up another question I have, which is, and I agree with you. I mean, I think that obviously the family should give their consent or at least should be aware of what's happening. But mm-hmm. then this opens up the question, which is, and I'm okay in some cases it, with, with, with you know, documentaries or, or with things kind of taking a point of view, but if the family is actively involved, then does that essentially make Serial a mouthpiece mm. for the family's perspective of what happened to Bowie? Well, you know, with the with the first season of Serial, if, I, if I'm not wrong, that was not finished by the time it started airing. And by the end of it, a lot of people had come forward yes. and revised how they felt about speaking on it and in yes. that case they decided to speak on it because they liked or they they had things more things to say than they had when well, yes. they were first approached so what, what i what i what i mean more is in the in a case like this where this is there's a lot of kind of open mm-hmm. questions it strikes me that the family of of of, of, of you know um uh, bergdahl is definitely going to want to portray him as sympathetically as possible yeah and and portray him as, as fundamentally being you know someone who was a victim and who was you know uh you know was 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 you know held in captivity and, and suffered all these things and we shouldn't be focusing on why he left and and, and whether he was AWOL and all that stuff you know that's mm-hmm. th- that's going to be something they're going to definitely want to i think downplay um, and, and maybe, you know, heightened up, oh, he was under all the stress, he was under other things. My question is, w- would their involvement, could it potentially, I guess, influence the production to a, to a point where it might be, I don't want to say where the, where, 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 you know, the journalism will be compromised, but I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, tr- it's, it's hard to say just because the, I love the first season of Serial, but it is obviously produced to be yes. very entertaining. Um, and I imagine it's going to be the same case here. It's it's hard to say how much these 
people it, it does come down to the people who are making it i guess and how yeah. how much they want to let that influence them and how much they're willing to jeopardize maybe their access to sources by saying things that might be controversial or unwanted um yeah. i would hope that i mean it is still an npr associated podcast i hope they do um they do keep their journalistic integrity while still no, making it. No, but I'm sure it, that they'll want to. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll want to. It's interesting to me kind of the real-time nature of this because obviously mm-hmm. they've been producing this for a while and this is going to be produced and, and still made as it's released, mm-hmm. which puts it into an, an interesting um, context for some other similar projects. There was a, a project that aired um, about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, um, first on um, a French television and, and then it was on um, the Sundance Channel um, and it, it's since been released you know, a couple other times. It's called um, The Staircase. And, um, and it actually... Um, um, uh, uh, got a sequel, which which uh, got mm-hmm. basically the guy was out. So what happened in that case was in two thousand one. Um, a lot of the the news around the case was kind of overshadowed by nine eleven. But um, a man who who was an author um, and, and and well known kind of in the Charleston area, I believe, it was Charles, Charleston um, in, in South Carolina. Um, his wife. Um, they were they were you know drinking, kind of you know hanging out, just having you know dinner or whatnot. And um, she um, fell down the stairs or something and, and gashed her head open and died. And he was accused of her murder and actually was convicted of her murder and went to jail. He was later released and um, not necessarily exonerated, but whatever the thing was, it was shown that the, that the, the evidence used against him, um, you know, was was inadmissible and whatnot. He was released um, a, a five or six years after he was in jail for this time. But what was fascinating was the documentary series that came out and aired on uh, Canadian or uh, French television, and I think it was also ABC aired a truncated version, and then the full version aired on um, the Sundance Channel. It was called The Staircase, where the documentarian was actually embedded with his lawyer and with him the whole time. They also they also interviewed you know the prosecutors and got them on the record and had you know things from the courtroom. But you had him and had his family and had his step his um you know his his his, his stepdaughters and um, other people who were you know on his side and some people who weren't on his side on camera talking about him and it was really interesting because you actually had his conversations with his lawyers you actually had them finding evidence you had this entire perspective of him going through the trial as it happened um but it aired obviously after he'd already been convicted now the staircase did play a role in getting his conviction overturned um and 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 they did a follow-up miniseries about that i believe that this is all available on itunes um it's a really great um documentary to to watch um and but but that's really interesting in that this is actually happening in real time. Whereas that happened, you know, they obviously filmed, filmed it, edited it, and it was released after things that happened. Mm-hmm. And then it was a few years subsequent to that, that he was finally released from jail and that they did kind of a follow-up thing. Um, oh. And then there's been more recently, there's been um, the, uh, the HBO um, series Jinx about Robert Durst, where he basically yeah. confesses to murder on camera and that's opening up a case. But again, that's a scenario where obviously it's filmed and finished in advance and then put on TV this is interesting, I think, for two reasons. One, that it's an ongoing case, right? It's not finished. And two, that during its ongoing state, it's being produced and will be produced as it airs, which I think adds kind of a real-time aspect to this thing that I don't know if I've ever seen before in, in, in like kind of criminal journalism of this type. Yeah, it will definitely – that the very nature of the, the podcast, it'll be interesting to see how it changes future cases like this. I, I believe now that, now that you've said this, I – it seems like they must have very intentionally chosen something that is very fresh and very ongoing, not necessarily so that they can influence it, but as sort of an experiment in how media can interact with news and how almost 
purposefully sensationalized media can interact with news, it, it's going to be problematic and interesting to watch it play out. Yeah. Also, I really want to watch The Staircase now. Yeah, you definitely need to. It's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic documentary. Um, and oh. it's, it's, it's really good. And, and um, especially once you know what's happened kind of subsequent to the fact, but like mm-hmm. they kind of keep you, you know, hanging. I mean, I've ruined it because anybody can Wikipedia what's happened. <laughs> but the whole time I remember watching it, um, not wanting even Wikipedia what had happened because it was just this really compelling documentary series and, and it was really well done. And the sort of access that the, the, the uh, filmmaker had to, to, you know, the, the, um, the defendant and his lawyer was I've never seen anything like that where they've been that free and that open mm-hmm. about the good, the bad, the ugly of everything that happened. And, and, um, Did they talk at all about why they, why the lawyer allowed that to happen? Because I think they knew that they needed to publicize the case. I think they wanted oh. to kind of have a document of it. I think yeah. they knew that the, 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 the local media and the local prosecutor had some very personal kind of reasons to not like this guy. Um, one of the big things they played up, which was to me disgusting and terrible was that, um, he was bisexual and his wife knew and he, he says she knew I have no reason to believe that she didn't and they tried to use the fact that he'd emailed and had correspondence with other men as saying that his bisexuality was the reason that they got in a fight and that's why he killed her oh, that's and crap. so this was it was like the height of gay panic sort of thing and it was very it just the whole way it was it was you know discussed and, and argued was disgusting and was just really to me uh, just beyond the pale and yeah. so that became kind of an aspect of the whole thing um there there was it, i mean there was um it, so that got into some interesting kind of computer forensic stuff to come and but but it, in the you know there was um so i think that the lawyer was smart enough to realize having this as a document might help us down the road um and i think that he probably also realized well it can't hurt us you know mm-hmm. i mean it, it potentially could i guess but he, he took a risk um I, I don't know if it was a good or bad decision clearly it was a good decision because down the road when they did the scare mm-hmm. the staircase continues or whatever when he ended up being released from jail um you know it turned out that those things had kind of helped but um it you know i i think it's always kind of a risk when you make those sorts of decisions how much do you want to um comply with someone but he clearly you know, had trust in the filmmaker and the filmmaker um, seemed to really kind of do his best to be impartial. Although mm-hmm. he obviously spent a lot of time with the defendant and his lawyer and his family. Um, you know, he also gave plenty of time to the other side. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, it was, it was kind of, it's a, it's a really interesting case. When I, the whole time I listened to Serial last year, all I could think about yeah. was the staircase. And it was funny. It took, it took a while, but a number of other people finally ca- came to that same conclusion. And I was like, see, yeah, yeah. see, I was like, Christina I, I watched, Warren with her finger on the meme. <laughs> well, cause I've watched, the, I, I, I grew up watching like, especially in college, like nothing but court TV and that sort of stuff. So, so these sorts of things um, I, I'm obsessed with. So were you a serial fan, Serenity? Yeah, no, I, uh, I started listening to serial probably two or three episodes in, um, which is to say I found it two or three episodes in. I was driving. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving up, uh, down to New York, uh, for, for I think power of code maybe Mm -hmm. last year. Um, and just wanted something. I'm like, all right, everybody and their mother has been talking about this on Twitter. So I might as well see what it's about. And I have a long drive. And then once I started listening to it, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) What is this insanity? And yeah, I, you know, I watched a fair amount of true crime, uh, as a kid. Uh, but I, I kind of, I didn't watch a lot of it as a teen. So being able to kind of like link that back and, mm-hmm. and, uh, watch kind of the different two sides, uh, knowing that like, of course this is entertainment journalism and it has to tell a story. And there's clearly a narrative arc that the producers want it to hit, but it's a matter of how do you hit a good, 
how do you hit a satisfying narrative arc without necessarily manipulating the story to an extent yeah. where it is no longer the story? Honestly, that was the most impressive thing about Serial to me was how it it had such a, a, a solid form despite the fact that it began airing before it was completely finished, before they could even know how it would turn up. That I, I'm just so impressed with it as an artifact of fiction, even though it is true crime, because it fit that narrative so well. And I just thought of another similarity between this, the story of Adnan Syed and what will presumably happen with Bo Bergdahl, which is the lack of online communication, I think, because they didn't have smartphones in the first case. And in this case, it's going to be so much based on, I, like you said, Christy, and I assume it'll be based on where he came from. And then also in Afghanistan, where his communication would be limited Very in limited, a lot of ways. Yeah. So I think, I feel like technology smartphones things like that and emails that are not censored by the army they just reveal such a big window into our lives like if you look through my skype logs with my friends like that that's everything all the mundane details so if i committed a murder you would probably be able to go in there and find out about it there's no mystery there if i if i ever kill someone you won't be seeing me on season three of serial <laughs> but with a case like this where there is a restriction it while limiting what they can find, I think it also opens up a lot of doors to explore things that no one can know, and therefore there could be an interesting story there for them. So Yeah, it makes for, for great entertainment. I, I will be really curious um, just, how, just how much they go into interviewing the rest of his squad and, mm -hmm. and maybe trying to interview his superiors if, they, if the army will even allow it. Um, yeah. That kind of information, I mean, that could go one of one of very many ways, but it would be an interesting secondary look as as well as his past, what actually happened on, you know, what, what was his day-to-day -day like mm -hmm. before he randomly wandered off the reservation, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Well, I'm pumped yeah. for it. Shall we wrap up? Uh, Serenity, what are you up to this week? Oh gosh. Well, this week I'm I'm hopping on a train to New York tomorrow morning, um, where I'm going to hang out with Renee Ritchie and, and film some stuff with his new 6S, um, and, uh, and and then the iPhone event, and then I'm going up to Vermont to play a to play a roller derby game. So it's like oh, a, that's so cool. Crazy combination of traveling. You and your tiny states over there, you can just <laughs> pop from one to the other. It's magic. You know what? As a former Californian, uh, it, it, I am I am enjoying the privilege. Hey, West Coast, best coast. <laughs> True facts. True facts. Christina, what are you up to? Um, well, I'm listening to uh, Ryan Adams' 1989 on repeat. <laughs> um, it's really good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, also, I have to mention just here very briefly, Taylor Swift did retweet me this week. Yes. Thank you. Yes, she Thank did. You. So I fancy. Went, um, and yet your analytics were, were crazy. I, I they loved, were. They I were, love looking at your breakdown there. And Yeah, no, I thought that was an interesting thing. I, I, I think it's maybe not representative of what happens when a normal retweet happens from a big account because I think people primarily retweet and engage with her because of her. They don't really care what the content is mm -hmm. per se. I think they're interacting with her. They're not interacting with what the link is or any of that, but it is interesting to see the number of impressions versus clicks and other stuff. So um, I was unable to use my phone for a couple of hours. I'm not going to lie. Twitter was completely unusable <laughs> Oh my gosh. for me in like the hour or two after that happened. Like it genuinely was unusable. Like tweet bot I could use but any of the ones that like show any of like your activity it was like completely unusable um which was interesting do you think that but Taylor Swift uses tweet bot based on what you've just said 
No, I don't know. It's interesting. She typically only favorites or retweets verified accounts. So I think that she uses the official account and only uses the verified tab is what I imagine is what happens. Because otherwise, I don't know how she or people – There'd be no way that you could use Twitter as Taylor Swift at all. Um, (laughs) Something I'm not sure how she's able to use it now. I don't know. But anyway, she should use Tweetbot. I think that they should actually like go after her in like a targeted way. Like we have mute filters. We have all kinds of stuff. We can – you can you can like totally just you can you can mute like Larry and, be and, free, and you Taylor. won't see any of that. You won't exactly be free Taylor. <laughs> no, but I've been listening to the 1989 album. It's fantastic. Everyone should listen to it. It's on Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Music. It's really good. Um, I'm just doing iPhone stuff. You know, um, we're shooting a few more videos. We've obviously got. The event on Friday, and I will be at the Fifth Avenue store kind of covering that, um, interviewing people online and, uh, and uh, you know, doing that whole thing, tempting them with my pink iPhone <laughs> while they're in line for theirs, which I do think is the ultimate form of trolling. And, yes, I will be doing that. And, no, I do not have any apologies for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we're still stuck in kind of iPhone mode. You know, in the next week, El Capitan comes out. So um, it, it's, it's a busy – it's like we're right in the middle of, like, height Apple season. It's Hell Week, but it's a good form of Hell Week because it's it all is. of the it, all of the exciting things are coming out, and and Apple Music's three month trial. Ends oh, oh next gosh, week. don't remind how crazy me. is that? Yeah, more things. <laughs> I know I would put you on my family plan, Simone, but they make you like then do the thing where like you have to share credit cards and all that stuff. So otherwise, I, I would if, if it were possible though, I would put you on my family plan. <laughs> That's all right. Thank you for the offer to adopt me as your daughter, which I assume that was. Well, Just I mean, now. yeah, I mean, well, daughter, sister. Oh, yeah. Sister. Whatever. Those exist. Those not. <laughs> yeah, the non-Apple fans who listen to our podcast must be suffering right now, and I'm so sorry. Uh, well, I'm sorry, sorry. you guys. It's, it's a- like, as we said, it's like Apple Hell Week. We won't we won't make it a habit of being like, dude, what are you talking about? We just talked for like 20 minutes about cereal. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, we've got some balance in here, and, and Pebble is only and Pebble too. It's tangential. Only- yeah. <laughs> But we always give first first billing to Apple, and I think that's fair, obviously, because of the momentousness of the occasion. This week, I will be actually attending a, doing a non-tech related thing. There's a convention in Seattle called Gay Romance Northwest, which is a convention for romance writers and romance readers and romance editors, publishers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's really small and it's really awesome. They... You learn so much about the publishing industry, and uh, there are some great talks about, like, how to bring more diversity into romance, which, as you know, is dominated by male-male books. Um, So there's a lot of talking about how to get more FF in there, how to get more trans stories in there, how to get more bisexual stories in there. Um, By Visibility Day, yay! So I'm going to that. Um, There's a great book fair afterwards where you can meet authors and talk to them, and uh, my roommate actually his first story is being published in an anthology oh, called great. silver and gold. Yeah. So he's doing the keynote. That's so cool. He's also doing a reading on Friday night. Um, and he'll be on a panel too. So it's going to be a really big weekend for, for us to celebrate and do lots of gay things. And yeah, that, yep. Yeah, that, that is my entire weekend. So thank you serenity for being on the show. It was really awesome to have you and have your input on everything. Oh man. It's been so great to, to hang out with you guys. Hey, I would love to have you back again. Definitely. Anytime. Yeah. Where can we find you online for the listeners? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Saturn S E T T E R N. Um, and on imore.com pretty much every day. And on the incomparable.com for radio play goodness. Yes, I want to listen to that. Christine, Christina, where can we find you? 
So I'm film underscore girl on the Twitters and everywhere else. And you can find me at mashable.com and uh, on the YouTubes um, and, and talk about how terrible my teeth look in the Apple um, uh, iPhone success uh, review fine. video. I agree. I think it was fine. But uh, I'm, I'm talking about the commenters who were remarkably sexist. Not that we're surprised. Mm. Um, Die in a uh, fire yeah. commenters. <laughs> What? Did I say so, some, some, some of them were actually genuinely funny uh, in, in their terribleness. But no, you can find me at film underscore girl and at Mashable. All what right. about you? You Simone? can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and you can find me at pixelkin.org where I'm doing lots of video stuff. I'm still catching up on the three weeks that I'm behind because of PAX Prime. Um, but we will have a new episode of The Issue up this week where we're talking about HD remakes of games, bringing games to current gen consoles. It Courtney and I got really into it. It's really interesting. So check that out. And yeah. um, while you're on the internet, go rate this podcast on iTunes. I guess we won't be on the internet, but whatever. Go rate the podcast on iTunes. Give us a review. Talk about how great our teeth look, even though you can't see them. But you can imagine. Um, and this podcast is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.